Good morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Mike Chen. Give me a follow on Twitter at MikeFChen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. It is Thursday, December 17th, 2020. And yesterday, obviously a huge day. It was the first day of the early signing period and tons of flips, tons of commitments. But before we get into all of the action on the recruiting trail, Yesterday, I told you about the first team offense, first team def- I'm sorry, first team offense by the coaches and the media. On top of the fact that we went out and gave out all of the offensive awards annually. Well, it was the defense's turn yesterday as Iowa defensive tackle Davion Nixon was the biggest winner on this one taking home the Nagurski-Woodson Award, which is the Defensive Player of the Year, on top of the Smith-Brown Defensive Lineman of the Year. Uh, Obviously, Nixon was a force. Um, He was the best defensive lineman in in the Big Ten this year, and it was pretty obvious. uh, You know, when when a defensive tackle, uh, just as a disruptive force, gets to, to the quarterback on top of the fact that, you know, they just do their job, and, and sometimes their job literally is to just hold the offensive linemen at bay so that linebackers can make plays. So defensive linemen, I'm, I'm telling you, defensive linemen sometimes don't get the, their due credit, and Nixon had a massive, massive season for the Hawkeyes, and one of the big reasons why, at the end of the year, they were one of the best teams in the Big Ten. And unfortunately, we're not going to get to see him again in Big Ten play, Uh, due to the fact that the Michigan and Iowa game this weekend has been canceled due to Michigan's outbreak with COVID-19. But I'll tell you what, Davion Nixon, when when you see him again, and hopefully it's going to be in a nice little bowl game that Iowa's going to go to, uh, he's going to be a dominant force once again. So congratulations to Nixon on a fantastic year. The Thompson-Randall-L Freshman of the Year Award goes to Northwestern's cornerback Brandon Joseph. Joseph was an absolute ball hawk this year. He intercepted multiple passes in his first season, unfortunately, for the Northwestern Wildcats, as I reported earlier. Mike Hankwitz, their defensive coordinator, will be retiring at the end of the year. Uh, He is the driving force of that very, very good Northwestern defense. And, uh, you know, Pat Fitzgerald has a big-time job this offseason of replacing Hankwitz. really does. And it's going to be a, a little bit different. I think he's probably going to look for a defensive coordinator that has the same philosophies that Hankwitz had. But uh, at the end of the day, you're still losing a Hall of Fame-type coach in Hankwitz. But uh, Joseph thrived this year as a freshman uh, and really did a good job. Uh, The Tatum-Woodson Award Defensive Back of the Year goes to Ohio State's Sean Wade. Uh, This one, I think Wade got more on reputation, to be honest with you. And that happens. Uh, You'll see that plenty of time. Uh, It actually happened last year um, with some awards as well. Uh, You know, uh, it's something that for corners and defensive backs, you have to watch out for. Because a lot of times, you know, they get the hype. And they just, you know, it's sometimes it's unwarranted. And uh, this year, I think Sean Wade played well. I don't think that he was probably the best defensive back uh, in the Big Ten. I, I'd actually, I, I personally, uh, I would have picked Taiwan Mullen uh, from 
Indiana. I, I thought he had a better year, but um, you know the uh, the conference thought otherwise. Uh, but Kiss Fitzgerald Linebacker of the Year Award goes to Patty Fitzgerald. Uh, pretty interesting that uh, Fitzgerald and his head coach, who is one of the namesakes of there, Pat Fitzgerald, uh, pretty cool for him to uh, win that award and uh, to be able to have a nice little connection with his coach uh, forever. I mean, although they probably would have a connection as well because Patty Fisher is going to leave Northwestern as one of the best linebackers to play there ever, along with Pat Fitzgerald. But uh, pretty neat to see that uh, you know he's getting an award with his coach's name on it as one of the best players in the Big Ten. All right, let's get to the first-team media. Uh, on the defensive line, Indiana's Jerome Johnson, Iowa's Chauncey Golston, no shock here, Davion Nixon from Iowa, uh, Shaka Tony out at Penn State. The linebackers, you have Indiana's Micah McFadden, obviously Patty Fisher, and Rutgers' Ola Fatukasi. Fatukasi, uh, I believe, I want to say that he led the nation in tackles, uh, which was pretty damn impressive, or at least at one point he was. And remember, the Big Ten was uh, you know, back multiple games, and for Fatukasi to, to put up those kind of numbers was pretty impressive. Uh, defensive backs, two Hoosiers on this one, uh, Jamar Johnson and the aforementioned Mullen. Uh, you also had Brandon Joseph, uh, winner of the Freshman of the Year, and Greg Newsom for Northwestern. I mean, like I said, Northwestern had a absolutely massive uh, defensive performance this year, and Sean Wade. Over on the coaches' side of things, uh, you also had Chauncey Golson, uh, Davion Nixon. Uh, a new name here is Jason Owe, the defensive end from Penn State, along with Shaka Tony. So you're looking at two Hawkeyes and two Nittany Lions on the defensive line for the coaches. At the linebacker spot, Michael McFadden once again makes it along with Patty Fisher and a new name on this side, Ohio State's linebacker Pete Warner. Uh, on the defensive backs, you have Michigan State's Shakur Brown. Remember, Brown opted out of the rest of his Michigan State career and will enter the NFL draft. Mel Tucker is very high on Brown, thinks that he's going to help an NFL team immediately. Uh, you also had no shock here, Brandon Joseph from Northwestern, also Greg Newsom from Northwestern, and Sean Wade. So uh, there's a lot of agreement here from the uh, media and the coaches uh, on here as well. All right, here, let's get into all of the action on signing day. And uh, there's uh, a couple of guys that uh, I told you about yesterday that um, were potentially not signing and I wanted to, you know, see what was going on with them. Well, uh, I was right on this one. Uh, Avante Dickerson uh, from, he's a Minnesota commit. He is Nebraska's number one recruit in their state. Early yesterday morning decided that he was not, well, he probably decided this previously, but he came out on Twitter and said that he wasn't going to sign in this early period. This is a big-time loss for P.J. Fleck, because at this point in time, if I, like I said yesterday, if I'm an uncommitted recruit or a committed recruit and I don't sign in this initial signing day, I am not bound to anybody. I'm a free agent still. I might have a commitment to a certain school, but that doesn't mean squat right now. What that means is that you've got two and a half months to recruit and two and a half months to figure out where you're going to go. Because 
in Dickerson's situation, there is a hard push by home school Nebraska. And don't be surprised if at some point in time, Dickerson flips from Minnesota to Nebraska. So this one, uh, you know, it's going to hurt because not only is Minnesota losing a high-level prospect and one of the potentially the best in the class, but they're losing it to another Big Ten program, and that always hurts. Uh, another player that is not going to sign during this early signing period, like I told you yesterday as well, is Michigan State running back commit Audric Esteem. Uh, team had gotten a Notre Dame offer earlier this week, and that is what's holding him off. Uh, it's understandable. Uh, I think he wanted that offer, and he got it very late. He got it earlier in the week, and it, it put a cramp into his thinking, and I think he wants to think a little bit more. Uh, everything that I'm seeing uh, on some of the insiders that it's saying that team at some point in time will flip. Uh, not only that, uh, Brian Kelly came out and said that they wanted to take uh, two running backs in this class. Well, they didn't sign two running backs in this class. They actually didn't sign any yesterday. Um, but it looks like you know Logan Diggs, who's being uh, for no- Notre Dame, Logan Diggs, who is being recruited by the home state LSU. Uh, he probably still still thinking about it. They've, you've got till Friday to sign still in this early period. He's still thinking about it, but most likely he's going to sign. And that second running back is S-Team because there's another guy that they lost out on that uh, went to another Big Ten program, and I'll tell you that in just a moment. Uh, another, There's two, actually, unfortunately, for uh, Mel Tucker, two players that were not set to sign. Uh, the other one was offensive lineman Gino Vandemark. Uh, ended up uh, with Vandemark. He's looking, um, you know, West Virginia. That's uh, that's where he's looking at right now. And, uh, you know, like I said, if you're not signing in this early signing period, you're uncommitted. That that's it. That you might have a you know designation that you're a commit somewhere, but to me, in my eyes, you are a uncommitted prospect, and you need to continue to recruit that player. Uh, there was some very good news for Michigan State, however, they flipped one of the better linebackers in the country in uh, Ma Ma Goatete. Uh, Goatete is a uh, he's a player out from uh, Las Vegas. And uh, um, he's a high-level guy. Uh, at one point in time, was committed to USC. And here's the kicker: his brother, his brother is a linebacker as well, and it's Pele. And Pele was a five-star recruit a couple of years ago. Is in the transfer portal, and Michigan State needs a lot of help at the linebacker position. So don't be surprised if they will take both of those players. Uh, They also got a commit from Anthony Russo, a quarterback from Temple. uh, He was in the transfer portal. Uh, This one, uh, maybe this was just for depth. Uh, I think this is Peyton Thorne's team going forward. Uh, The true freshman has played magnificently in the time that he's been allowed to play. Um, and, and I really think that, uh, you know, this is just a depth move here. I think so. Uh, Maryland has done this two years in a row. They continue to flip high-level prospects on signing day. Last year was Dwayne Jarrett. This year, 
it was Michigan linebacker Brandon Jennings. So Maryland flips them and uh, is a nice little win for Mike Loxley on the recruiting side of things because he continues to do it. So Michigan loses Brandon Jennings. And on top of that, they lose defensive end Quentin Somerville. Uh, he was a California native. He opted to sign yesterday with UCLA. They also got some bad news for the special teams as well, as Will Hart, their punter, has entered the transfer portal. But, like I said earlier, Notre Dame lost out on a big commitment when Donovan Edwards, the five-star Michigan running back, they were able to, the Wolverines were able to get a commitment from Edwards. Edwards is one of the best running backs in the country, and this is a big win for Jim Harbaugh. You have they have seen multiple high-level Michigan prospects leave the state and or not sign with Michigan and Michigan State. And for them to keep Edwards, who was leaning to go out of state, he was looking at Notre Dame, he was looking at Georgia. There were a lot of teams that were trying to lure Edwards out of the Mitten State, but he ended up staying. They also kept two of their High-level recruits as well, Xavier Worthy. That was the one that I was told you to watch out for. He was making a selection between the Wolverines and Alabama. Ultimately, Worthy decided to hang with Alabama. On top of that, uh, Jaden McBurrows, a, the, a defensive back. McBurrows, he's from Florida. He also decided that he was going to continue to be a Wolverine. So, uh, nice little, uh, you know, although... Jim Harbaugh lost a couple, he gained a couple as well. So not a absolutely horrendous day for the Illini. Uh, I'm sorry, the uh, the Wolverines. The Illini are next. That's what I'm getting to. Uh, they added Florida safety Joriel Washington, 6'2", 187 pounds. A solid uh, get here, but they lost running back Keon Sims to the transfer portal, and they lost another commit in tight end wide receiver Chevy Branson. Uh, he opted to not sign, and he's going to open things up uh, for his recruitment. So, uh, you know, when you have a coaching change like uh, the Illini did late, and for them to not really lose a ton of guys, although remember, I'm not very enamored with their recruiting class. I think they're bringing in some, some high-level Guys in the offensive line, in-state guys. Uh, they're bringing in Olin Krutz, Josh, Josh Krutz, uh, Olin Krutz, Hall of Fame Chicago Bears offensive lineman. Uh, his son uh, is is going to be there. Josh Getsky as well. Um, there, there's some good good players uh, that they got, but just the quality and the quantity not quite there yet. When you look at how much talent is in state uh, in Illinois there's multiple quarterbacks from the state that they didn't even go after. And quarterback has been a an absolute mess for Lovey Smith. J.J. McCarthy ended up going to Michigan. Sam Jackson, who we'll get to in just a second, didn't sign with the Big Ten program either. So let's get to Sam Jackson. Uh, so kind of ties in with Illinois. Illinois misses out on a lot of these high-level guys uh, you know Ryan Keeler a defensive lineman ended up signing with Rutgers um, another one Pat Coogan uh, and Justin Walters going to Notre Dame these are guys that Illinois should offer and, and they should be looked at as guys that they could grab but 
they don't. And that's an issue that, you know, the next coach is going to fix when he starts at the job, but we don't know who that is and, and anybody. But again, Sam Jackson, quarterback from Illinois, his recruitment was odd. So at one point in time, he was committed to Minnesota. Uh, then he flipped to Purdue. And I told you yesterday, I thought he was going to flip again. And I was right. Sam Jackson headed down south, going to TCU. Signed yesterday. Uh, Loss for Purdue, but uh, fortunately, they were able to add Wisconsin offensive tackle Marcus Embau. A very solid player there out of Embau. And Yanni Karloftis as well, George's younger brother. I thought this one was a, a, you know, this one wasn't a shock to me. Uh, I really thought that, uh, you know, they were going to get him at one point in time, and you know, it just happened to be on signing day, and congratulations to that, and uh, you know, it's a, it's a brotherly thing, it's going to be a little, uh, they'll, I only think they're going to play one year together, because I can't see George staying more after his junior year, uh, I think he's going to be off to the NFL, and I think Yanni's a good player in his own right as well, and uh, will carve out a very solid Purdue career when it all said and done. Uh, for Penn State, there wasn't a lot of action. Uh, they signed everybody. They didn't lose anybody. And uh, on top of that, uh, James Franklin said he's going to be busy in the portal because I'm going to get to uh, the numbers for Penn State in just one second. I'll actually do that right now. So let's get into the team rankings. Uh, the Buckeyes are the best recruiting class in the country. They, I'm sorry, in the Big Ten, uh, they couldn't quite get the country moniker because Alabama, once again, it was a tight race, but Alabama flipped a couple commits. They did lose a couple, but the ones they flipped were higher rated than the ones that they lost. So Nick Saban is just an absolute monster on the recruiting trail. The Buckeyes were the only team for the Big Ten inside the top 10. Uh, Michigan ended up 12th overall. They grabbed 20 commits. Uh, Wisconsin they had 21 commits at 16th nationally. Maryland with a top 20 class, 19th overall, 22 commits. Uh, like I said, Penn State was going to make a move, and uh, they did. They ultimately signed 15 guys. Uh, they ended up with the 21st ranked co- class. Uh, you have to assume that there's still some guys that are out there, like Tristan Lay, the talented offensive tackle from Virginia. There's potential that he could go to Penn State, but uh, – That's why I said James Franklin is really going to hit the transfer portal hard. And I think that that is exactly what a Penn State team needs. A Penn State team needs like little additions. This is why I thought, and I continue to trash on Lovey Smith and the way that he recruited Illinois. He did it backwards. He should have used the high school players as your base and then pick and choose add-ons to complement your team in the transfer portal. And that is exactly what James Franklin's going to be able to do. His base is recruiting. They've recruited well. Now he's going to be able to pick and choose some high-level transfers and grab them and have them just add on to their team. So, yeah, it is what it is. Right behind Penn State, uh, number 22, Iowa, they ended up with 17 commits. Nebraska had a top 25 class, 24th overall with 19 commits. Uh, Minnesota made a drop. And it, it is uh, unfortunate, but it they didn't really do anything bad. Um, they're 27th overall with 18 commits. The Spartans, uh, with that uh, big, big commit from Gotete, 
they ended up 33rd overall, uh, 19 commits for them. Rutgers, the Scarlet Knights, again, not, not a lot of noise coming out of Rutgers, but a solid recruiting class, solid first recruiting class for Greg Schiano. They finished 41st overall with 21 commits. And I, I think that uh, the, the base and the, you know, the future for the program is it's trending in the upward direction. 58th overall were the Wildcats of Northwestern, a small class, just 14 players. Indiana had their worst, well, obviously this is not done, but at this point in time, Indiana is trending for their worst recruiting class in the last three years. Uh, this is something that I think Tom Allen's going to fix. I think that uh, ultimately they're going to have a better recruiting class when it is all said and done. 62nd overall in the country, just 13 commits. Uh, Purdue, uh, like I said, they added a couple, but they lost one. Uh, and the, the one that they lost was big because Sam Jackson was a four-star recruit, uh, their highest-ranked one. Uh, he got replaced, obviously, by Yanni Karloft as, as the highest-ranked recruit, but still uh, 71st overall in the country and 14 commits in the fighting Illini. Again, numbers are low for them. And, and this is a, a, a good thing and a bad thing, I think, when the new coach comes in because – the new coach is going to have an opportunity to just add a lot of recruits, his own recruits, to the program. And so we'll, we'll see going forward, but uh, I think it's uh, something that could be looked at as good and something that could be looked at as bad as well. 77th overall for the Illini with just 14 commits. And, uh, you know, they're the lowest ranked team in the Big Ten. And that is, you know, and all of these, by the way, are uh, according to the 247 Sports Composite, which collaborates uh, their own rankings, ESPN rankings, and Rivals rankings. They are the three biggest uh, rankers you know, for high school sports or high school football specifically. So, uh, you know, I, I like using their composite rankings because they average each one out and then they obviously put it in there. So uh, some work to be done for a couple of those Big Ten programs. Uh, on the basketball side of things, uh, there was only one game that happened last night, and that was Ohio State and Purdue. The Buckeyes struggled offensively and uh, got out-rebounded big time by the Boilermakers. The Boilermakers are huge. They've always been a big team. That's how Matt Painter likes to run his team. They, they have traditional centers, and they have multiple over seven feet traditional centers. And Travion Williams had a huge game for them, put up uh, 16 points, eight boards, eight assists, a huge, massive game. And, uh, you know, uh, the Buckeyes were uh, really, you know, they miss EJ Liddell. Uh, Liddell is out right now with Mono. Uh, and, uh, you know, they the rebounding advantage was 27 to 10. The Buckeyes had 10 rebounds in this game, which is crazy. And that's why they lost 67 to 60. And, uh, you know, that's just something that they're going to have to deal with. They're going to figure it out. They are a smaller team. And, uh, you know, losing losing Liddell has really made an impact. Uh, they fall from the unbeatens in college basketball. And, uh, you know, unless they – they also – they're switching up their game. Um, they're supposed to play North Carolina. I believe they're playing Kentucky now uh, in uh, earlier this week so uh, – or, or later this week. So – uh, you know, it's weird, but uh, it is what it is. So, uh, you know, it's actually probably a good thing because uh, Kentucky's, 
not playing all that well, and uh, Carolina will be a mismatch nightmare for the Buckeyes. And that will do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. Once again, I appreciate the listen. Go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at MikeF10. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. Raiders Review, share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a great Thursday, Big Ten fans. Talk to you tomorrow morning.